Hello, everyone. This is Jacob Emerson with Becker's Hospital Review. Thank you so much for tuning into the Becker's Healthcare Podcast Series. Today, I'm very pleased to be joined by a fantastic speaker, Dr. Brian Buckley, who is Director of Health Equity Initiatives at the National Committee for Quality Assurance. Dr. Buckley, thank you for taking the time to sit down with us. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. So, Brian, before we dive in, I'm hoping you can take us through a little bit of your background in healthcare and what it is that you do at the NCQA today. Yeah. Um, so I have been in the, I would say, I'll say the health space for over the past 15 years. So a lot of my background really started in public health. So anytime I talk to people, I always remind people I'm a public health practitioner foremost. Um, but I've gotten the opportunity to really work across the healthcare continuum and really see where there's opportunities for linkages and uh, capacity building. I've worked for uh, um, a hospital, I've worked for health systems, I've worked for a health plan, I work for trade associations, and I really saw the opportunity coming to NCQA as the director of health equity initiatives as a way to really look at our enterprise-wide strategy around research, measurement, and our product development to really thinking about equity by design, because we know that we can only achieve high quality healthcare if it's equitable. So uh, that's where I primarily uh, do most of my work at that intersection of our research measurement products and work a lot with our policy folks as we look to build um, not just um, our you know health equity product, but also integrate it, uh, health equity mindset into all the products that we create for the future. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a great place for us to start on how to build higher quality healthcare through health equity initiatives. Brian, can you take us through or elaborate on, on the case for health equity in, in 2023 and how that influences both internal and external stakeholders at the NCQA? Yeah. So, you know, when I say the case for health equity, and often when I'm out there talking to folks and executives, you know, we all, from crossing the healthcare chasm, it really defined what high quality healthcare was. You know, people talk about being safe, you know, reliable, you know, timely, person centered, um, efficient, but also at the sixth one, equitable. And so we know it's an essential pillar of high quality healthcare. And so the big idea we often say at NCQA is quality care is equitable care, and there could be no quality without equity. And so if that is true, and those assumptions are true, we have to build health equity into all of our offerings. And so when it comes to the case, I actually tell CEOs, we should actually kind of stop thinking about the case for health equity, but think of what happens when we don't do this work. When we don't do this work, we see gaps of inequities increase. We see um, bias happen within healthcare. We see people that don't get the right care at the right time in our communities. And if everyone is in the business of it, and when I talk to people who say, look at your mission, if your mission is how we treat people, looking at how we try to improve health and well-being, you have to involve equity into it. It's not just a business a return on investment, but it's a moral and ethical imperative as we think about the work that we do in healthcare. Yeah, I, I love how you framed that, that it's about what, what could not happen if you didn't center health equity at the center of everything that you do. Um, but but you did mention, Brian, the, the return on investment piece here, which I'm sure many leaders ask you about in terms of their their latest strategies. So what has been your advice for them in, in terms of ROI? 
Yeah, um, that's a great question. So often when I'm talking to a lot of leaders, you know, I say we need to actually shift this conversation of ROI to really thinking about how we think about the value of investment. Um, and the value of investment is a little bit different. I often say sometimes we, we put a little bit too much pressure on equity work um, because I always remind leaders, we do not put the same scrutiny to a lot of the other initiatives that we do in healthcare. But with equity, we know there's a social political piece about it. And so it does require courageous conversations and leadership um, to really looking at what happens when I don't do this? What's the cost of not doing this work? And as I mentioned to you around, you know, the harm that occurs in communities in our populations, for uh, for example, a healthcare delivery system, that's an increase in readmissions. Readmissions are not a good thing for business. When people are, are getting the care that they need, that gives you more room to actually take care of the people that really have complex needs. Uh, you don't really want people uh, crowding your um, emergency room uh, because they didn't get the care they needed earlier upstream. And we know the evidence is very clear. If you invest in prevention, it is so much better of an investment than the medical care that you're gonna provide. And so that's usually the conversation that I have with many leaders around how do we really shift that return on investment? Because return on investment can look very different. We're not just talking about dollars. We're also talking about community trust. We're also talking about patient satisfaction. We're also talking about, am I actually achieving my mission? And so it's, it's more than just the dollars of the return on investments, that full value perspective. Yeah, I mean, that's that's wonderful advice around the cost of not taking action needing to be front and center in every healthcare leader's mind, not just from a dollar perspective, but like you said, Brian, with community trust and patient satisfaction as well. Now, as I understand it, the NCQA has a really interesting initiative, the, the Health Equity Accreditation Plus program. Can you talk to us a little bit about how that contributes to system-wide and industry-wide alignment in healthcare and what ways do, do these programs extend beyond just fundamental principles? Yeah, um, so we have two uh, um, programs within our health equity accreditation programs as a whole. We have our, um, our base program and then we have our plus program. They're both three-year accreditation programs. Uh, the first program is really really building the foundations of continuous improvement and prioritization. Everyone is on a different journey when it comes to health equity. So I think everyone should approach it with humility. Everyone, it's a struggle. And what I like about both of our programs, it's really a framework for evaluation. Um, and it's not just an evaluation just for one healthcare setting. Uh, for NCQA, we work with multiple partners from health plans to healthcare delivery to primary care. And so when we were designing this program, it was designed for the whole entire healthcare continuum in mind. And so it allows for alignment across processes, both from a regional entity perspective, as you're thinking about the entire portfolio or product line, uh, maybe it's hospitals that you're thinking about, ACOs, practices. It's a framework that allows some flexibility, but also allows you to drive in deep. So that our first program really focuses on the collection piece and really understanding your organizational readiness to be on this journey. How are you looking at your population and understanding it? How are you thinking about, you know, um, both of our programs were built off our multicultural healthcare distinction, which was the main focus of that was the class standards around, are you making sure that you're providing culturally appropriate care? And so we really do it as the baseline of 
are you doing good health equity work internally and understanding where your gaps are? Think of it very much of a gap assessment, making sure that you're building those muscles. Our PLUS program takes it a whole nother step forward. Um, I always remind people to do good health equity work. You have to do the internal work before you can do the external work. And so the um, the PLUS program really becomes more external as you're thinking about cross-sectional partnerships, understanding data and um, interoperability, understanding um, how are we actually sharing? Because one of the pieces about equity is how do we share power and trust? And so as we're talking with our community-based organizations, data is often the, the, the baseline of how you build trust and how you share data or how you share resources. And so the second the PLUS program really becomes more external as you start to think about yourself in the future and being able to be a data enterprise um, and identifying different equity gaps within your whole entire healthcare continuum. That's like the high level version of our accreditation programs and really building off of those foundational principles um, of all aspects of high quality healthcare. Yeah, well, I appreciate you taking us through those, though, even at a high level, and, and clarifying the difference between the two the two programs. Um, Brian, I, I wanted to ask you something that we hear a challenge that we hear about often from healthcare leaders when it comes to developing a strategy for advancing. Uh, health equity, both internally and externally. And it's how do you balance the, the short-term goals with the long-term impact that might not be felt or seen by, by the leaders that are putting those strategies into place? Can you share some of the insights into your approach and how the NCQA is helping organizations along their health equity journey? Yeah. So I always like to remind people we're on this journey with you um, and health equity is a long journey. Um, we have never lived in a society where there has been equitable care continuously. And so it does require that long-term thinking as many healthcare leaders are thinking about that five, that 10-year plan out. So when it comes to that long-term, we kind of have the idea of where, where we want to arrive. And I think I like to look at it as like a bridge, a bridge framework. You know, we know where we're trying to get to the other side of the bridge, but we're trying to build those pieces up. Um, one of the things I love about our framework um, that I think makes it very unique and why many states have actually started adopting it as a, a requirement for many health plans um, is really the QI piece about that framework that I mentioned. For you to kind of experience those short-term goals, you have to think of health equity in that QI standpoint. So many folks, you know, thinking of like, you know, the Deming cycle of improvement, PDCA, how do you make a plan? How do you um, actually do the work? You know, how do you assess and like evaluate it? And then how do you determine, is this an like idea that I want to abandon, adopt, or adjust? And many hospitals, for example, are very much in this space. When you think of the high reliability organization movement, as you think about Lean and Six Sigma that has been incorporated, these Kaizen moments, these opportunities to really do small tests of changes and really listening, not just to um, your business uh, leaders, but listening to the patients, listening to your providers, which often see many of the gaps of care on the front line and being able to co-develop new ideas and test those out in nice small ways. Those are where a lot of leaders can see some of those short-term um, dividends uh, from their work, knowing that this is a cyclical improvement that's taking us all the way across that bridge to the future state of where hopefully we live in a world where there is no harm and no inequities. And when you're talking to these leaders, Brian, are there specific approaches you found to be most helpful uh, for, for ultimately driving change and promoting health equity? 
And this is where I'm gonna put my professor hat on. Um, so my other hat, uh, other hat I wear is uh, I also teach uh, um, healthcare providers on change management and sustaining change. So there's there's two frameworks that I like, I love that have been very useful. One kind of a personal one, and one that's kind of a high level strategy one. Um, for healthcare leaders that are looking to do this work, you know, I, Robert Wood Johnson Foundation's raising the bar work has been a very great framework on thinking of kind of the whole system, all the different actors, and they focus mainly on, you know, is this part of your mission? Um, is equity part of your mission? Because as you're thinking about that five, 10-year plan, your mission really drives where you put your money and in your investments. Are you actually thinking about equity initiatives and that PDCA cycle that I mentioned? How are you involving and engaging with the community continuously? Not just when you need something or when something's wrong. And I like to remind leaders, don't just go to the community when things aren't going well, but it's an ongoing relationship that you are constantly learning things from them and they are learning things from you. And the last two is around power and trust. How are you building trust? And really, if anything, being a trustworthy organization. And how do you show that? How do you demonstrate that to your community members and your populations? And then, of course, that power piece on how are you sharing power? How are you in, emboldening community-based organizations to affect the change in the communities that also help your bottom line out too? So that's more like the macro level. But the personal level and kind of the framework that NCQA we have used is really on like a 4P framework around perspectives, process, people, and projection. Perspectives, especially as a leader, how are you gaining different perspectives? And I kind of alluded to that earlier around how are you talking to your patients? Are you doing your Gemba walks and going into the community, going into the different service lines, approaching things with humility? Uh, when it comes to process, I'm a big fan of Deming. Every system is perfectly designed to get the results it gets. So how are you thinking about your pro process? Because we know that there's a privileging with process. And so really being very intentional about as new policies, new procedures, new ideas you have, that you're actually thinking about who is it actually serving? Who is it centering on? And then three people. I mentioned this earlier, the cost of not doing this work. Um, don't let perfection be the enemy of good. As we wait to try to make everything perfect, there are people that are currently right now going through an emotional toll of feeling inequities in healthcare. And that is not good at all. So there is an emotional cost for not doing this work. And we should always remember that as we are in those you know, business meetings, those boardroom meetings, that there are people that are currently getting harmed when we're trying to figure this out. And then I'll end it with this last one of projection which is understanding what's the story that you want to tell of yourself, your organization, on how you try to make a more equitable society. But more importantly, there's the, ex, um, there's the reverse of that. What are the community members going to say about you and your organization on how you try to address inequities? And I think asking that question to yourself changes how you think about the calculus moving forward um, and what really your role is and what your values are as you move um, to drive uh, um, work in your healthcare institutions. I mean, such, such great advice there, Brian. And it really sounds like at the end of the day, all healthcare leaders need to be prioritizing community trust above all, not just when things are going wrong, but in good times too, to, to make sure that that trust is there during all times. Um, before we go, I want to ask about your, your experience looking back across the healthcare continuum. Have there been specific successful initiatives or programs you've seen 
that have started organizations on their journey toward health equity, toward better health outcomes, particularly in terms of engaging institutions better and fostering that community stewardship that you were just referencing? Yeah, just a couple short ones. One, the Anchor Network has been a really successful model as um, um, many organizations, especially hospitals, are anchor institutions within their communities. They are in charge of hiring. They are in charge of supply chain. Uh, they can work. They can really, truly address inequities in a unique way that many other organizations cannot do. Um I've seen some examples of people actually merging a lot of their quality. Some hospitals do quality reports, like so physicians would get monthly quality reports. Some of them are stratifying those quality reports um, based off the of demographics of being to really looking at where are gaps within that provider and providers can be kind of competitive. And so it's helped really identify gaps in unique ways. Um, there's the Rise to Health Coalition, which um, NCQA is a member of. A couple of stakeholders from the AMA, IHI, um, APHA, and so many others that are coming together to really look at a three-year strategic plan on how are we trying to do things together because health equity is a team sport. Um, and then uh, one cool thing for our academic medical centers, um, I heard about this the other day. Um, they normally had a research day and often research is just an internal thing. But one of the things that they try to do different is actually build their research day in the community, inviting the community in, explaining the research and getting feedback from the community about what is missing and where could be their new questions that, you know, the researchers can do and drive driving high quality healthcare. Um, and I think the last is just many organizations understanding that there are different forms of capital. And often, I remember in my hospital days, you know, many hospital leaders were like, oh, the community just wants money. They want this, they want this and that. But I also remind them that social capital is more than that. It can lead to uh, financial capital, and sometimes that is needed in some situations, but it can also be intellectual capital. They need the minds that you have, the expertise that you have. They might need your political capital. As many hospitals and health plans and healthcare institutions have very large lobbying divisions that can also advocate for more equitable access at the policy level. And so I think the hospitals and health systems that have been using many of these things have all been really nice bright spots and at least gives me hope uh, for the future. Wonderful. Well, Dr. Buckley, thank you so much for taking the time and for providing such insightful responses for us today. We really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me here. We'd also like to thank our podcast sponsor, the NCQA. You can tune into more podcasts from Becker's Healthcare by visiting our podcast page at beckershospitalreview.com.